Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel hanging out with Travis. What a week a it's been. A shocking week. Mm-hmm. After a after five days of election nearing. A lot of television watching, we, a lot of TV news advertisements, a lot we, of money being made. We find that the big prize, the electoral Oscar, went to Ooh. Joe yes. Jorgensen. No, she, not, took, she ran away with the whole thing. It was insane. Right out of nowhere, like completely out of left I field. think you got the wrong Joe, Mr. I know Morningstar. It's a Joe. I know it's a Joe. At least it's a Joe Biden. He is the uh, presumptive winner and uh, the next president of these fine United States. Wait, all of them? Not all of them. (laughs) But yes, he will be president of all of them, at least given his rhetoric and ability to communicate in a way that is better than Donald Trump. But Joe Jorgensen did play an interesting role in this election. A lot of people are mad at there her. There were people who were upset that she he uh, she stole like thousands of votes. Also, from, again, she from, didn't steal anything. People voted for well, her. This was the accusation. People were like, we have to we have to single out Joe Jorgensen. She stole something like 30,000 votes, whereas like Kanye got like 60,000. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, let's say ding dong, the dick is dead. Ding dong, the dick is dead. The wicked dick of the wicked. Kid West Wing, ding dong, the dick is dead. Donald Trump is eating burgers. He is sad, oh and I'm my here for God. it. And I love to see the death rattle on Twitter. I can see him in the corner getting spanked by Mike Pence, who has put extra nails in the paddle because bad Donnie, bad Donnie, you didn't do enough. You didn't win. The Republican Party is in shambles because of you, and we will see how long the Trumpism hangover lasts. Does the Republican Party continue to hold on to the policies, to the ideology that was held by the orange monster Donald Trump, or do we see the Republican Party distance themselves over these next four years and transform themselves into a more traditional looking I think, version. I think of Trump Trumpism is here Trumpism is here to stay. I was talking with Marcus about that, Marcus Parks from last podcast on the left, in case you didn't know. Uh, and he was talking, you know, when we were discussing mm-hmm. that Trumpism, what does it mean? Yeah. How long will it stay? 
And I get it. We have more members in the Republican caucus now, uh, more QAnon believers within the Republican Party than, <laughs> than black people. We have a party that is forever changed by conspiracy thought, conspiracy theory, belief. We have a party that is currently just completely and utterly living in a world that is unreal. However, it only took us four years to get here. And I do believe that people, as time goes on, once again, everyone, you know, we got a little bit of distance. We got a little thing called hindsight, which is my favorite thing, hindsight 2020. I do wonder how long this is actually going to stick around. If you look how far we have come from just five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, this happened relatively quickly. The fact that he got 70 million votes, Donald yes. Trump, that is, is insane. I understand. That's why a lot of people are like, well, it's here to stay. Uh, it's never going anywhere. But I am encouraged by just the reality that people tend to, sh they can change relatively fast. The mind morphs, the human, uh, we, we, have a, we have a human ability to mm -hmm. adapt, which is why we beat the lions and the bears in the woods. And so I could see yeah. this slowly. A bubble of just a, slowly a, yeah, going extremist away. bubble. But well, and now that, of course, we have what's going on with social media and Donald Trump, the total and complete tweet meltdown is very funny. It's well, it's just so indicative of who this person is, right? Of what the character is. If you didn't know the character of Donald Trump before, you can really judge somebody's character by how they react to losing. Winning is easy, right? Winning is super fun. Everyone is doing great. Losing is hard. And that's when you show real character. And if this is their idea of a quote, alpha male crying on Twitter, like a 14 year old boy or girl after they got broken up with by somebody who decided to go another direction with their sexual orientation, perhaps. This is just not how a stereotypical, let's just, um, let's just do male stereotypes. This is not how a man acts. Donald Trump is acting like a little, I'm going to say it, bitch. And you think that somehow relates to his presence not being felt in the years to come? I think that that could definitely, once people are removed, once everyone's emotions are out of this, once people look back, he has given us an entire litany of every single thought that he had over these past four years. You look at those and you tell me that's the man that you aspire to be. That's the idea of masculinity to you. There is no way but, that that – I don't believe – and there is a way that it holds up, but I'm hoping that that idea of what it means to be strong slowly goes away because well, he is extremely weak. Unfortunately, I think 70 million people would take what you just said and interpret it very differently, how which, is the, quickly, scary, but which how, is the scary part. Yes, I understand. But once you lose, once, once it's all gone – you know, and Travis and I, we were just talking about it. I know it took a couple of days here. We're recording on Saturday. Obviously, uh, the election was on Tuesday. But once it's done, it's done. And I really do think uh, once you get that tarnish, once once you get that stink of losing on you, I just don't know if these Trump supporters are really going to be able to stand the test of time as we continue to progress, as we continue to move forward, as we continue to move on from him. And again, as people start to, as the clouds start to disperse and the sun begins to come out and people are like, oh, that's right, vitamin D, I missed that over these past four years of doom and gloom, American carnage. I mean, that was the name of the man's freaking speech uh, that he gave as soon as he was elected January 20th, American carnage, American disarray. 
disarray, America in shambles, America divided. I think once all of that, all of that rhetoric is out of our mainstream flow, out of our bloodstream, once the drug is finally gone and once we have our two weeks of um, just total withdrawal. Yeah. I, I could see people fully moving on. I think I think but you I don't know. I, I mean, think you are massively underestimating the two realities that America lives in right now. Because I think for a lot of Trump supporters, the election is not over at all. A lot of people are actually thinking that in the 11th hour, Trump is going to pull something out. And that is not just like one or two people. Right. That's why we haven't seen the 2016, the 2020 equivalent of the ma- of the Lib Tears moment where we all get to drink the MAGA Tears. Because you don't, I actually, you know, I've been looking. Yeah. I haven't seen the, you want to see MAGA tears? I kind of thought it would be fun, but they're like it's it's their online presence is either they're explaining away the fact that he lost, and they're explaining that the, yeah. the coming storm, you know, to use QAnon uh, terms, right, is, right. Is, is on its way. There are a few people, but, but isn't that funnier? To, that's funnier to me. No, this because that is just because it's not happening. But it does not matter if he Secret actually Service loses. is going to grab no, him by his he, undies and he, throw him out the front door. He is martyred now. He is martyred now. Sure. If he lost, he, he lost. But to some people, there's two route. So there's half of the country goes Biden wins. OK, great. The other half doesn't accept the election for what it is. And then even a, a half of that half uh, believes that he is secretly planning a strategy to come back on January 19th and full like camo with an assault <laughs> rifle and kill Biden well. and like come somehow like take the the presidency back like there is a real strain of thought out there there is and it's the election as a way as a as a thing that you say look it's done that's just not the world that we live in right now well, you so know there what? is a, gi- a giant millions of millions of people who will not accept the election results and in fact they just they think that Trump is actually going to come back in the 11th hour then I just feel bad for them well that's half of our country it's not quite it's half of the half let's give oh, it, let's so do 20 percent let's fourth. just give him let's give him one, <laughs> one fourth. fourth let's give him the country believes that Donald Trump is a, a secret agent superhero that is going to destroy Hillary Clinton's Pizzagate Obama well they're upset Pizzeria. That- they're upset that, of course, he never got to arrest Hillary. But then, of course, you also have a lot of people who are calling for the arrest of Donald Trump. I don't know if that'll ever happen no. either. I think he's just going to go retire out in Florida. But nonetheless, the first step, the first um, the first step we have in the right direction to dismantling whatever bizarre worldview Donald Trump has attempted to construct over these past three and a half years has taken place, and we can be happy about that. Uh, When it comes to Joe Jorgensen, just quickly, it is interesting because, of course, in every election cycle, we talk about air quotes, spoilers. I don't believe in spoilers. People vote who they want to vote for, and you have to get their vote. But a lot of people uh, are super pissed with the Libertarian Party because evidently uh, people voted Libertarian. They voted in the key key swing states, and the margin was just about the margin of victory for Joe Biden. (laughs) Trump, uh, The margin for Joe Jorgensen, Trumpers uh, got their own Jill Stein this year. They got their own Jill Jill Stein to point it. Joe Jorgensen got uh, second highest, the second highest number of votes in the Libertarian Party's 49-year history. That was in Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin. Uh, So Joe Jorgensen had garnered 1.58 million votes, 1.58 million votes. And uh, she also received the second highest number of votes in the party's 49-year history, as I just said. And the battleground states that she won in 
are really why people are a little bit annoyed Mm -hmm. with the Libertarian Party as a whole. I have a lot of conservative friends, most of them, as a matter of fact, all of them went for either Biden or for Joe Jorgensen. This is political strategist Ryan Kaysen. He is the CEO of Beast Digital. This is what he had to say. He says, in this election, libertarian voters could have swung the electoral college by at least 22 votes by supporting Trump in battleground states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Nevada. By throwing away their votes, of course, this person's obviously very bitter. By throwing away their votes, (laughs) they've likely become spoilers for the Trump re-election effort. So round of applause to libertarian voters who stuck to their values and said, no matter what, we cannot support big government, uh, whether it be from the Republican Party or Democratic Party. And this is honestly just sour grapes. This is how it works every single election cycle. And if you didn't get, uh, if Trump didn't inspire you to vote for him, he doesn't deserve your vote. And that same goes for Joe Biden. So this is just a Great day for America. Great day. Great sigh of relief for all of our friends. And it's a horrible day for everybody on Twitter because they have to delete a lot of tweets they've had the past four days. Specifically, when it comes to (laughs) Tuesday, there was a lot of like the Bernie supporters were super upset because it looked like Biden was going to lose. And then they were like, see, Bernie would have won all of this stuff, which we can talk about. I I don't think I could do this again if. I don't. I don't think I could be like continuing to do a podcast if Trump won. I mean, it's just it, like to hear the same. It would be the same thing. It's the same record over and over again. It would be, it would over be over like again. repeating four years, like but doing it again with different characters. Different characters and maybe a little bit more importance, a little bit more significance, and God knows what these next four years have uh, have for us. It's certainly going to be an interesting time as uh, Joe Biden attempts to kind of reconstruct. America's role in the world. As a matter of fact, NATO Secretary General Jens Stolenberg, he said on Saturday, uh, he can he congratulated Joe Biden. He con- he congratulated Kamala Harris. And again, when it comes to NATO, I, I do think these states need to pay more and they have been paying more. And I think it needs to be fair for America. And we all agree with that. Uh, and certainly a Joe Biden presidency, I don't think will alleviate Uh, that progress when it comes to America and all these other nations paying more. But this is what he had to say. He says, I warmly welcome the election of Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. I know Mr. Biden is a strong supporter of NATO and the transatlantic relationship. Uh, He emphasized, of course, the importance of the U.S. when it comes to trade deals, uh, specifically when it comes to the bond between North America and Europe, he goes on to say a strong NATO is good for North America and good for Europe. Together, NATO allies represent almost one billion people, half of the world's economic might and half of the world's military might. So it has definitely been news well received from around the world, specifically from our allies and uh, people like uh, Putin probably pooping in his oh, boots right yeah. now. But uh, uh, to go back to what you alluded to about people deleting their tweets, it is going to be remarkable to watch people try to resuscitate or like repair their reputations for having worked with Trump or having uh, dealt in the administration or worked well, with anyone. Well, if your logic holds out, though, don't they just lean in and say, I was with Trump some people from the are, beginning? No, but some people, those people are thinking long term. The people that want to work and be relevant in uh, in sort of mainstream in the next four years are going right. to try to repair their careers. This is not the same, but I, I was just watching a clip of Van Jones crying 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Do you do that every morning? You yeah. just watch Van Jones cry? Well, yeah. Well, Van it's Jones my actually. my cup of coffee. Van Jones really did kind of annoy me because, of course, as the votes were coming in, uh, Tuesday, it was all the people who voted on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They were all the ones who waited in the line, tangibly did it. And he was talking about how the black vote didn't turn out and how disappointed he was. And it's like, can we just get to the mail-in ballots, please? <laughs> because it turns out that was an entirely false narrative. Yeah. Uh, the black vote did turn out. Look at Georgia. I mean, just remarkable what happened there. Well, it's the, it's the, the, ballots, wrong, the wrong-headed thinking, the, the wrong-headed way of thinking about the, well, I also the election as a horse race. They're so scarred, to- too, right? Everyone was so scarred from 2016. Yeah. Like on Tuesday, it was just opening those wounds again, and they're just oh like, "Oh my no! god!" The only <laughs> the only map that I could trust online was Fox News, uh, not FoxNews.com. I saw you tweeting about this interesting Fox News Travis Morningstar. Who saw that in their no, 2020 he, bingo? They were assertively calling states, and then I noticed that New York Times, ABC, NBC, all of them trailing far behind uh, Fox's reporting on these states being called, and I. I it immediately became clear that they were like abused. They were like so gun shy from 2016 that they weren't going to make these calls. And in fact, they were going to follow behind somebody like a Fox News. So I just I watched that until uh, Fox News made the controversial call of calling Arizona much earlier than everyone else. In fact, the New York Times still hasn't. As you know, I'm, well, I'm sure and- there are many other ones that still have not. Uh, called Arizona. Well, you know, for these uh, for these news outlets, this is this is a big time. You got a lot, yes, lot, you you got a lot saying, of ad money coming in, yeah. and uh, you know it's interesting. And I'm not going to get all conspiratorial, but there, this is why TV news is so nasty and it's yeah. so manipulative. They took out the as soon as the election started, they took off the coronavirus count. Did you see that? Everyone changed their chirons. Everyone just. You can see a narrative shifting, well, yeah. and they were there twenty four seven. If you're CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, you're happier than a pig in shit. This went long. I'm not an expert, but I do blab a lot. I feel like this could have been called a lot earlier. Yeah, the, because I mean, what has changed? The right wing joke right now online is, uh, you know, Biden wins the presidency, and then uh, coronavirus disappears. Coronavirus will not disappear. It is here. It's a biological thing. I will agree to the extent the coverage will change. Sure. I, uh, I think the coverage will change. Well, I, mean, I also think that Biden is Jan- going to do yeah, more. Yeah, maybe until January. Uh, because there are, I really, yeah, I, maybe. They're, they're, well, it's also, they're you know, fa- the, they're fascinated with this. So they'll probably keep on this for a lot, quite a while. Well, Joe Biden also, I think he's going to put back in place the COVID or the pandemic task yeah, force. I'll, there I'll, are things yeah. that he's going to put in place that I think will help alleviate some of the negative media. Uh, media uh, coverage of I the president's also, handling of COVID. Speaking of the narrative, I I, I think but it's definitely going to change. I think we might be like they might want to juice positivity for a while. These these big news, news networks because they're yeah, they maybe go for they a tried, bit they they got four years of absolute misery, so they may try to juice some positive news stories. They might try well, to do a John Krasinski in the uh, up oh, until yeah. January twentieth, and Hopefully then turn it back a, to the misery of hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people dying of COVID. Well. All I know is uh, they better not change that narrative unless Joe Biden warrants it. Uh, These kids are still in cages on the border. Yeah, of course. If we're still if we're still seeing horrible uh, domestic policy on immigration, on prison, uh, on lack of prison reform, then we better hold this man's feet to the fire. And we've been saying that for a long, long time. This is just the beginning. Yeah, of course. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. 
I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. But going back to the um, the Van Jones thing, the reason I brought him up is not because I wake up to him crying every morning. You don't. Just, That's good, because I would be so just, worried if you did. Just today, but... Uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> he, you know, he is crying because he's over- overwhelmed by the fact that we got rid of Donald Trump, but then also in 2016, 2017, 2018, he's been, like, a buddies. You know, there's pictures of him hanging out with Jared Kushner and shit. Like, people are going to try to repair the the maybe the enabling that they did with Donald Trump uh, in the next four years. Well, I do and I think... don't mean Van Jones in particular. That just made me think. No, of that. no, I get it because there are worse specters. You know. Well, to be fair, he wasn't hanging out with Trump like Ted Nugent was hanging out with Trump. That's what you I just know, said. I didn't like, mean that Van Jones is the one that like, we should be singling out. I'm like saying that Ice Cube. people will try to repair their reputations no, I get and it. make you think that they have not worked with Donald Trump. I get it. But it's also someone like Ice Cube. You know, I have no problem with people who worked with the Trump administration to get a better outcome. I have no problem with Kanye or Kim. I mean, Kanye, what did he, did he actually record votes? Uh, Kanye got 60,000. He got 60,000. Okay. Um, I have no problem with them working with him if it has, you know, for a greater goal. It's like, okay, he's the one in power. So I get that. And hopefully uh, Joe Biden's door will be open, unlike what it was for Mr. Ice Cube, who they said and promised they were going to talk to after the election. They better freaking speak with him because we need real reform. But let's go back to some sour grapes here. GOP Representative <laughs> yeah. Matt Gates. Apparently he has COVID, but then he says he doesn't have COVID because he has the antibodies. Because, um, you know, <laughs> Matt, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even give a shit. Whatever. Okay. But uh, he was upset with the Republican Party. Talk about the death rattle of a politician who ties themselves to Donald Trump. And again, if you tie yourself to Donald Trump, you are the one sinking. He is the one floating. And well, all and of these people are going to learn you're that the seeing hard way. People make the decision now. This is like the, the point at which you have to decide, are you still pro Trump? Which means you're talking about all these lawsuits that, that Trump has come out against in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania against that man that looks like a, like he's oh, he's taking tall. on the Pennsylvania lieutenant governor. This dude is a freaking beast. The guy's name. John Fetterman. John Fetterman. I love this man. He looks like he's Brock Lesnar's. If Brock Lesnar was a politician, of course, from the WWE and UFC, he looks like he could physically manhandle anybody. Kind of looks like Laura Sullivan from the WWE. No word if he has a gay porno out there. But this man is so scary and intimidating. I just have to love him. He's a, he's also quite a gentle giant. Yes, well, from, he has to be. We're not allowed to kill people anymore. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, if you, yeah, if you even if you move, if, I imagine if you like swung your arm too wildly, the cops would put you down. Little people made so many rules against my people <laughs> because we can't do anything. Well, you, I think you physically. and John Fetterman have a, a lot of catching up to do. But thankfully, our brains are big because our skulls are large. This is according to. Whoa, that tur- <laughs> <laughs> this is according to Matt Gates again. The man who is hanging on like Sylvester Stallone in the film Cliffhanger, just praying to God his fingers don't snap and break as he falls to his political death and demise. He says this on Twitter, which God knows what the hell Twitter is going to look like after Donald Trump is done using it and abusing it. He says, some Republicans are ready to throw in the towel now and fight for a future election. There is no future for the Republican Party if we do not stand and fight for real Donald Trump in this critical moment. So, oh, he signed it cuck. Isn't that nice? (laughs) No, he obviously did not. But that is just talk about the wonderful, wonderful death rattle of all of his minions. This is like the time in in the action film where everybody dies all around the big evil boss man. But and, I will uh, say, we'll see what uh, happens to him. The nice thing about the election lasting so many days as it did for your heart, it, I mean, it was stressful, and I did yeah. not sleep well. But there was a just this very surreal emotion of watching Donald Trump have the the knife twisted slowly into his belly. Yeah, I liked it, but I also don't need our news. This is the one, like the whole aggravating thing. I understand editorial news. That's just the way it is. But it's just like, I don't need the news to do that. I will do that. Well, no, it honestly, we should not have, if, if we knew, everyone knew that the mail-in ballots would take forever. Yeah. But the news networks, everyone was like, Tuesday night, it's going to work. We are going to go from Tuesday night until the very end, right. even, even knowing that it would be days and days and days. I think they almost killed somebody on CNN, <laughs> Steve Kornacki. They oh, must, I think they, MSNBC. I, think, Steve, I love or, the uh, MSNBC, Yeah, I think they I almost murdered at- this man, like a ritualistic suicide <laughs> on, on live TV. I met him in a bar in New York, and I was like, I'm a huge fan, man. He's like, okay. He's like, a big fan. Can I get a picture? It was so weird. Find it on uh, my Instagram. Leslie uh, Jones yeah. from SNL was just tweeting like taking this is something old people do is where they like don't know how to share an image so they'll just take a picture of a tv or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she kept she kept tweeting pictures of her own tv with cornacki on it so that's it, well he and eventually it. i mean by day four of the election i was like is this a coup by steve cornacki right. is he gonna is this all just some ploy well how much meth does that man have to be on we're going to talk about portland here in one second but just lastly uh when it comes to uh gates he says uh, this is what he told Sean Hannity, and I'm going to talk about the conservative narrative going into the excuse mode for Donald Trump here in a second. But he says, uh, this is again, Matt Gates. He says, President Trump is not just fighting for his own political fortune here. He's fighting for the rest of us. This man is so up Trump's ass. You could... He's like a freaking toilet brush to a toilet. He says, if we all allow dead people to vote, if we, and this is the whole narrative of voter fraud, it's total bullshit. You're lucky to get someone to vote, not to mention getting someone to vote tr- twice. Good freaking luck. He says, if we allow dead people to vote, if we allow people who have moved out of their state to vote in that state, if we allow illegal ballots to be counted, and if we allow ballots to be counted without the transparency and observation that the law requires, Republicans will never win another election ever again so they are devastated and of course the pennsylvania lawsuit that donald trump did win he uh his representatives or people within the republican party they were allowed to stand six feet 
away from where they were counting ballots as opposed to 10 feet. Also, this narrative that there was some innate bias with poll workers is insane. <laughs> and uh, with, seemed- and then, but the inverse of that was like CNN doing the, framing it like they went up to the, the polling place and then they showed through the plexiglass the two people counting votes and they said one of those is a Republican wow. and one of those <gasps> is a Democrat. Wow. And they're becoming friends from what I understand. Isn't that, it's like thank the, you, the, CNN. the puppy and the bunny Like you push them together and make them friends like to prove that the election is is somehow like not fraudulent. 2016. Donald Trump and Twitter, they went together. They were like, they were a horse and carriage and everyone was praising Donald Trump for his unbelievable ability to sit on his fat ass and tweet words <laughs> into a machine that was made to disperse them to the Nobody people. had ever seen anything quite like it. No one Somebody could, sitting on their fat ass. I can't believe the way he can do that and spell all of his words wrong, like Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia. Now the Republican Party is blaming Facebook. They're blaming Twitter. They're blaming social media. For the loss of Donald Trump, for Donald Trump's loss, which is, again, talk about how people fail and how that is indicative of their character. The audacity that they have to blame Facebook for Donald Trump losing after Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg bent over freaking backwards like the chick from the ring crawling out of the television in order to cater to Donald Trump and the Republican Party. So the idea that Facebook or Twitter, the main platform that this lunatic has had for four years to throw out all of the conspiracy thought that is that has poisoned the minds of the American people, the idea that those platforms hurt Donald Trump is and so if, asinine. If Mark Zuckerberg was trying to sway the election in Biden's favor, I think he would have stopped one of the groups that uh, that turned up on Wednesday uh, before they blew up. It was a this Facebook group called Stop the Steal, and okay. it, it amassed uh, about five hundred thousand people in like the in a matter of forty eight hours. And it wow. was this. It was all um, sort of built upon this viral video explaining how the election is being stolen by the Democrats. But that is well. You want to watch that right after you watch Plandemic, exactly. But I mean, on, that is the same group of people. That is the same like psychosphere that these people live in. Uh, but that—that's like half a million people who legitimately believe and were willing to be mobilized to go against this quote-unquote fraudulent on election. that socialist Facebook platform. Yes, on the socialist Facebook. Yeah. I mean, it took them days for them to flag. I mean, everyone is flagging it, reporting it, right. and then it took them days to actually bring it down. But uh, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg uh, is I think he's like an alien, just sort of ambivalent to human human life because he let because that Facebook group was also about to it was indicating that it was ready to go into full out total war over (laughs) which was something that Donald Trump Jr. shit. The Sharpie Gate shit so in Arizona, stupid. where they, not, they said that, uh, what was the Sharpie Gate thing? Where it was like, if you used a Sharpie, it was not being read by the scanners, and, and all Trump people were like recommending. I used to- a Sharpie. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, I don't know, did you? And also, that turned out to be fraudulent. That turned out to be false news, false information. The, there was one party in, 20, in 2020 mm-hmm. that was talking about the dangers of social media, the dangers of data collection. And that party was not Donald Trump's. Yes. That was Andrew Yang. That was Elizabeth Warren. Those were the two main candidates talking about like, I'm talking to Zuckerberg. I'm talking to, to what's his name? John or Pat or whoever. What's the name of the jackass that runs Twitter? Jack. Jack. 
Yeah, that works Jack, out. Uh, Jack, I'm talking to Dorsey. I'm talking, we're going to talk to these guys about data collection, all tied into a conversation, a larger conversation about UBI. Meanwhile, the Republican Party was defending them tooth and freaking nail. So this whole narrative, and again, this is why it took us so such a short time to get here. Yeah. Because once you start seeing the narrative already being spun, this is on Fox News, this is Tucker Carlson, this is Hannity, blaming social media for the loss of Trump, completely forgetting the past freaking four years. Yeah. Where they just used it. Q did not start. Like, like Q is Facebook's baby, right? Q, 8chan, 4chan. Yeah. I mean, no, there's I mean, so much conversation about that stuff. And it's like the audacity of them to just blatantly lie and be like, well, that's what did it. Social media ruined Donald Trump. When no, social no media, joke, four years ago, everyone was just, he's a genius with social media. I think social media is the reason why he got... 70 million votes actually yeah. yeah so he i mean it really has solidified in some people's minds that this is an infallible um an infallible guy who's like going to save the world and any attempts to thwart him is an attempt to thwart america and he so is not you have america. these q people you have these q people telling each other online like patriots calm down it's going to be fine we're, we're, he's going to see us through this. He's got a plan. They really do believe. And I, I have to imagine that some, some of these people might kill themselves. Like, They're hammered. For, for real. Because like, they believe so much in this idea that if, if reality actually clashes too hard with this delusional thought, Right. Something bad might really happen. Well, I, I am. I would not be surprised if some of these, uh, some of the Q people come out in the next couple of weeks and try to start the, some really awful shit. Does the Trump cult turn to a suicide cult within parts of uh, of the constituency he was able I will to say cobble also, together? Who knows? The polls. You know, we were looking at the polls. Pokemon before, go to the polls. Yeah, we were looking at the polls before the election. They look, they were not wrong that Biden would win, but they were quite skewed. You know, we actually think I, you know, not to pat ourselves on our butts too much here, but we were one of the few shows that I listened to that was actually talking about the polls on the state level. Right. And the polling on the state level was really close. Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, I did not have Georgia being that close. Um, I thought that was actually going to be more of a Trump state, but um, just given its DNA and its history. But we were talking about how it's going to be super close. Yeah, no, you I, know, I, I, but I it's think just nationally. All of those polls, all every national mm -hmm. poll that's a snapshot nationally doesn't freaking matter. No, I, and I, I think wish that they would tell that. I wish they would just be more honest with that. There is, and also the electorate, the Trump base. I don't think they like getting polled. I don't think they interpret it as something that's trustworthy. Right. I don't think they like bow tie dipshit guys coming in with clipboards and or like calling them up and and using their phone voice. I don't want anyone not to have a job, but we <laughs> but we also don't need to rely on like five thirty eight. Like we don't need. I don't polling I has feel, to change. I and I've said this. I said this polling to you and Henry. Has to change. I feel like I got a better. I got a more reasonable expectation for election night from. TikTok. I know you love your TikTok. Than I did from 538. Well, and that's why I think that kind of research is so important and so critical. <laughs> and again, it is research in a weird way. <laughs> and again, TikTok, another place, another platform where I cannot say it was like 
um, obviously anti-Trump. My understanding is it's pretty it's much in love with very him. Trump. So, all right. The well, Red Kingdom. The Red, Red Kingdom, Kingdom of on, TikTok. on TikTok. In yeah. more than one ways. Isn't that nice? Red China. Hey, Mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, there we go, America. Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. Donald Trump will go kicking and screaming as we all want to see. And I almost feel like he's about to adopt a duck. Yeah. We are in season eight of Friends. This is the finale. Uh, And because he is performative, I could see him thinking it looks better for him to be physically escorted from the White House than it does for him to walk out. I really see he he views everything through the lens of television. And I could see him be like, that's how we're ending the season. Yes. And we'll see if I come back. The idea that he runs again in 2024, I don't believe it. I think he's too old. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're going to follow Trumpism for a while. The thing about 2024, though, is... Not to even talk. We just had, we just called it today, but, but now you know but, we're, but we're political idea, nerds. But so the yeah. idea of like his his sort of shadow looming, I think he is the kingmaker for the next four years when we'll it comes see. when it comes to who is going to run in twenty twenty. Well, and we will know more of that as soon as we figure out what's happening in the Senate. We have not talked about that at all. Also, it's currently forty eight forty eight, so we just don't know. We may get to see Trump get like you know you know those shows like My One Thousand Pound Life. 600 like pound. 600 pound life yeah. where they have to like break the walls down and yeah, then like they, there use was a like guy, a forklift. We might yeah. see Trump get like hog, like dog walk <laughs> out of the Trump, out of the White House or like I'll lifted cheer. by crane. I mean, th- we well, have we have a lot of entertainment ahead of us in the coming weeks and, and months. Entertainment is the proper word now because he is no longer in power. At the very least, he is speaking of ducks, a lame duck, dead duck. Also, we're going to see a president who now. is actively trying to take revenge on the country that he's the president of. It's quite scary. <laughs> he still has the nuclear codes. Um, and we'll say this when it comes to the Secret Service, he's going to learn very quickly that they were just doing their job when they smiled and nodded. Yeah, they weren't flirting. They're with not Trump. happy with him. They don't like him. Uh, and as soon as they get the memo in their earpiece that he is no longer the president, uh, they will quickly change uh, their actions towards him and uh, escort him out in whatever way he needs to and be I'm sure escorted he's, out. And I'm sure he was just the nicest guy to work what for. I'm sure he was the nicest guy, the nicest boss. The so I'm sure they're not going to be like, 
oh, is it we're we're in throwing Trump out of the White House? The mode? nice thing is they don't care. They have no physical they, emotion. Yeah, they're not they allowed have, to. I think they're eunuchs, right? They're, they're they might they're, be. I think the Secret Service are the unsullied of the uh, of the executive branch. Well, Henry's Henry is a cousin uh, who works with the Secret Service, and um, I believe they're just cold-hearted snakes. Were you supposed to reveal that information? I think it's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. And again, when it comes to the Senate, forty-eight, forty-eight. When it comes to the House. And when it comes to the House of Representatives, it is 214 for the Dems to 195 for the Republicans. So we're going to continue to get that information out, and we will have that for you next week. And we'll see and what when, happens you know, with, uh, with that. The Senate, we I think people were hoping that there was the quote-unquote blue wave didn't really materialize um, since we're like it's neck and neck for control of the Senate. I think that is also another example of how— Trump is here to stay. Like a lot of those guys are like anointed by Trump. But then again, if he loses and they do well down ballot, I think that's just pure indictment on Trump. If the Republicans do better down ballot than Donald Trump did up ballot on the top of the ballot, I think that's indicative of the Republican Party already moving away. Like Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden, they are in love. According to the news, oh, they're the new uh, they're, power couple. They're the new power couple in Hollywood. In uh, well, Hollywood <laughs> in uh, in uh, Washington might as well be Hollywood. It's ugly Hollywood. That's what they say about <laughs> politics. Okay. <laughs> but one of my friends I was speaking with, um, because they're if the Republicans hold the Senate, which it looks like they probably will, yeah. A lot of the scarier policies for people who are more traditional Republican, many of whom voted for Joe Biden. I was talking with Travis about this yesterday. Like we had, to, we voted the same as Bill Crystal. Yes, which we, really makes me hip nauseous. To hip. hip to hip with we were uh, hip to with hip Bill with, Crystal with disgusting That's my George W. Bush fiction that I'm writing. Hip politics to hip with Bill Crystal. Yeah, politics make for strange bedfellows. But because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if the Republicans do end up holding the Senate. And then when it comes to court packing, it ain't happening. No. When it comes to a Green New Deal, that's not happening. So for better or for worse, whatever, um, it does, it will make for a much more moderate, as we kind of already figured the Biden administration would be, but a much more moderate center left uh, Biden administration. And it looks like, you know, in this lane. And also when it comes to, I mean, but back to that point, just slightly, uh, when it comes to the market, the market is looking great. They like the idea of yeah. of of a Biden and then like a complete asshole McConnell. Like they're just like, oh, if nothing happens, then nobody's losing money. Like it, it's yeah. it's good. It's actually good for them. Well, the last time we had a balanced budget was with a Republican Congress and Bill Clinton. And uh, let's let's not forget Trump now enters a very uh, prestigious club. One termers. One termers. That is a. Uh, um, I actually don't know why. Was George Bush like? Herbert? Herbert Walker? Yeah. Was he like hated in his time? I really, well, I mean, people, I was non-existent. People, speaking of spoilers, they they say Perot was the one that uh, cost him the election. Um, but if you actually, I actually disagree with that. It was on Dana Perino's show on Fox News talking about that. If you look at the states that Perot did best in, it was Florida and Texas. And uh, George H.W. Bush won both of those. And if you look at Bill Clinton's campaign, you watch one of his speeches from 91, you would think he was a modern day Republican. Hmm. That dude was coming in so hot, getting so many of those um, people who were really honestly just kind of bored with H.W. who felt like he was disconnected. And obviously the taxes did not help. He was already there for 12 years at that point. Yeah. People have been staring at that freaking head. (laughs) 
Then we only had an eight-year break, and then yeah. we had another bush. And oh my goodness! But anyway, but, let's. But the idea—it's so funny to me that George George W. Bush, W. got the two, and Herbert Walker got the that's got George the one. W. Bush had nine eleven, <sighs> and got re—he was the incumbent, and then was reelected. Trump got his own nine eleven, and I think if that would have been so demoralizing. If Trump was reelected in COVID, you're saying yes. It, in two hundred and thirty thousand unavo- or uh, two hundred two hundred thirty thousand avoidable deaths, uh, I, I what a, an amazing turn of events it would have been if Trump actually won in like in spite of his yeah. negligence. Well, I am. What am I now? I voted for Gore, zero uh, and one. Voted for Kerry, zero and two. Then Obama, Obama, so I'm two and two. And now I am no, I'm three and three. I'm breaking even for presidential Who- elections. You, you, um, I got Obama. I got two wins with Obama. Uh-huh. Then I got my win with Biden here. That's three. And before that, it was uh, all losses. The, <laughs> I was about to the, say, it sounds like you lost quite a bit there. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's classic. That is classic Kissel. All right. So we will keep you up to date on what's going on with the Senate, what's going on with the House. The one thing we know for sure is the head of the snake with the horrible wig is beheaded. Okay. Let's move on to Oregon. Oregon <laughs> continues... I don't even, I just, I'm not sure how, I love it. I love Mm -hmm. Oregon. I'm just going to say I love Oregon. So there was a measure, it was Measure 110. It passed, uh, which is great when it comes to criminal justice, as far as I'm concerned. This really is a dream come true. They can no longer, residents can no longer be arrested or imprisoned for possessing small amounts of substances such as heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, or LSD does not mean that the drugs are legal. However, there are still fines. You're looking at $100 fines here or there. This is according to Kate Chaffield, the senior advisor for legislation and policy at the Justive Collaborative, a criminal justice research and advocacy organization. She says, I think it's a wonderful victory for common sense and for science. And this is from the American Civil Liberties Union. That's called the ACLU. Perhaps you've heard of them. This legislation that passed in Oregon is especially good given racial disparities when it comes to drug possession. Arrests. uh, Black Americans are four times more likely to be arrested than other Americans. Measure 110 received widespread support from civil rights and, interestingly enough, physicians groups, uh, the Oregon Nurses Association, and the Oregon chapter of the American College of Physicians, as well as Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, they donated 500000 towards getting it passed. Advocates hope that passing the measure in Oregon uh, will sort of lead in drug reform across the country. This is according to Leo Boletsky, a professor of law and health sciences at the Northeastern University. Leo says, Oregon has been on the vanguard of reform for decades and will be closely watched as, as a model for other states. He goes on to say, our current approaches, of course, regarding the war on drugs, have clearly failed and have never worked in the first place. Uh, Finalizing it out here with saying voters are hungry for change in drug policy. So all eyes will be on Oregon when it comes to uh, how their state looks now that they have decriminalized heavy, heavy narcotics. And I'm optimistic. And as we talk about with criminal justice reform, uh, this is what needs to happen. We are incarcerate more people in this country than any other nation. 
We have, I mean, we've broken down the numbers before. We have 25 times more incarcerations for crimes than other countries. We have 25% of total people incarcerated uh, in the world, even though we're only 5% of the world's population. And this can help keep people out of prison, which is obviously not a place where anyone gets reformed whatsoever. And there's a lot of money uh, being made when it comes to human suffering. So I am here for it. Uh, It obviously is. uh, It's amazing, man. It's amazing that we're, you know, back when it's it's incredible. We went from the war on drugs to like Obama saying, you know, marijuana should be illegal Mm -hmm. to to Colorado passing legal marijuana. And now that's just going to go in all 50 states. Kamala Harris, um, Kamala did mention how they're going to decriminalize weed at a federal level, which I thought should have gotten a much bigger response. But Whatever. And now we have this in Oregon. And this is the beginning, I think, of a of a good – this is the beginning of something good when it comes to criminal justice reform. And man, that must be like a pretty crazy party that they're having today it with, must with be. Trump losing. But you know, it also – you know, when it comes to fentanyl, when it comes to all of those things – now, again, it's just decriminalized. Meth isn't legal. Cocaine isn't legal. But this is going to destabilize the drug cartels even more. Mm-hmm. And this is going to destabilize the people who have – we love sticking it to the cartels. We do, though, because they're just full of fentanyl. You know, these are just killing so many people. No, you and I, we, we're just like... Oh, I'm not going to... You know, I don't... We're, we're, we're out there sticking it to them, you I'm know? always sticking it to the cartels. <laughs> but this is going to save lives. I really do think it's going to save lives. And I understand this is probably... a It's a complex issue, and I'm sure a lot of people read that, and they're like, what the hell just happened? But if you really look at it, um, I think this is going to be done in a, if the, if it's done in a proper way. I think this is a really good thing for America, the American people, the people of Oregon. All eyes are on you now. Uh, get this done right, and hopefully we can have this be federal policy. Yeah, because you know that's just what it's all about. We can't be just arresting people. And uh, again, if you are still trafficking drugs, it's not legal. Um, but this is just going to stop the uh, the the huge numbers of people incarcerated. And I think that is a good thing. Also, when it comes to uh, taxpayers, it is cheaper not to have people incarcerated because we pay a lot of freaking money per person. They say it's around 80K per person per year. Did you see this uh, Four Seasons thing that Trump... <laughs> Did All you right. see this? Well, let's do that before I, we wrap her I, up I, here. I, I just want to mention this because it, yes. it's such a... I, I'm just like gobsmacked by it. Apparently, Trump was supposed to hold a press conference... <laughs> In Pennsylvania, and yes. they what what they called a Four Seasons landscaping, and uh, <laughs> so Four Seasons, the actual hotel chain, went on Twitter and said, "Hey, just so you know, just so everyone knows, he is not doing a press conference at one of our hotels. This is a separate business, Four Seasons Landscaping, and it turns out that that bi- <laughs> that business is like the size of a um like a jail bond <laughs> office, yeah, and it is between a like a porno shop and uh, maybe like a handgun store. I don't. Hey man, that's the part of town you want to be in. But then, then you see, get the, out. you see, so he didn't actually go to the press conference cause he went sad. He went home like a sad boy. He's sad. He's uh, but he, the, the image of this press conference, it's in the alleyway that Batman's parents were killed in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like Aww. trash and rats. And then a bunch of uh, Trump posters up on the, on the side of this building it is a straight up, it is a landscaping business, like a one man landscaping business that has an office that he's doing in the alleyway behind it. And what, so this is, this it is was, Giuliani giving a press conference? It was going to be Trump. 
It was going to be Trump, but he he declined. I think because he wanted he it was too sad. But yeah, all the all these guys are doing their all of his ghouls are doing their little like uh, this is a, a fraudulent election Good pressers. Them. But my God, it, it was like the most perfect ending. If he had showed up behind behind this pawn Good shop Lord. and did a <laughs> did a uh, oppress um, oppressor there, that would have been. Incredible, an incredible end. But you know what? It, just the image alone of that yeah. uh, was was enough for me. It suffice. If, if anyone's wondering, there's not going to be a concession speech. Yeah. No. but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And this will not. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say it. it's not going to the courts. Concession this speeches are for cucks. That's <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Never admit that you go. Never admit you lost. I'm You're gonna, a man. I'm not gonna get cucked by a concession speech. No, definitely not. Moron. All right. Just lastly, this is Donna Brazil talking about uh, Kamala Harris. She says, I'm deeply happy, gratified, rejoicing, but I'm also well aware that this country, we still have a large, we still have large divisions. I think she says, this is not a partisan moment, but a patriotic one. And, um, you know, black women specifically and black men as well, but they really did deliver. And uh, I think just, again, Kamala is not it's not some sort of perfect vessel, but I do think uh, it matters. Representation matters. And uh, it's a big, it's a really, it is a massive, massive deal. We have our first female vice president. Obviously, she is a black woman. And uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. And uh, considering that we came from Trump over these past four years, saying God knows what about everyone under the sun. Yes. Uh, to go from that to Biden-Harris is a step in the right direction. And it's I mean it's just it's just a good day. We can return to the the misery of of reality and what what a Biden presidency means later, but I mean to We see, can have optimism. But to optimism. see to see the parties happening all over the it's country. It's great. I know Travis and I we this would be, if I could teleport to New York just for today. Just I today. Would. It looks it's like the end of Return of the Jedi. It, there oh. are yubnubbin all over. <laughs> yubnubbin. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were yubnubbing today down the street, bunch Whoa. of Ewoks. Uh, it 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 really is um, so cool to see. And then here in LA, people are happy, but they're also just like in their own apartments because everyone lives so far away from each other. Yeah, but uh, it really is inspiring to see everyone really. All right, stoked. let's go next next year. We're going doing a bunch of good, pure, safe cocaine in Oregon. <laughs> nice. I love it. Okay, everyone. Well, congratulations to America. Uh, congratulations to everyone who went out and actually freaking voted mail-in ballots. I am proud of the country uh, for participating because God knows this was uh, Biden got more votes than any president in history. And I think Trump got second most we, <laughs> any president yeah, in history. Um, scary so, stuff. But you know, hey. And he, he um, basically proved that... Uh, Minorities vote for vote for Trump as well. And, oh well, that's a whole nother thing. We uh, didn't even really break that it's, down, which is kind of scary. Which means that his populism speaks a different. You know, it just it just speaks to everyone in a way that maybe we are not hearing. And once we get those numbers, we will talk about them next week. The Hispanic vote that uh, that broke for Trump in Florida, and uh, some of the black vote as well went uh, to Trump. And of course, you you may be wondering how would he win the Hispanics in Florida? Socialism is a extremely loaded word for them, and I think that all, uh, all he had to do was call ad, Biden a socialist, the most non-socialist in the world. Yeah, but I think all of that ad campaign. Well, I mean, who knows? I just the Hispanics have been a long time. They've been, I don't want to say the word hunted, but they've been recruited by the Republican Party for a long time. Yeah. They are more traditionally conservative than many people give them credit for. And it's the same thing with the black community as well. So we'll break down all of those numbers 
next week as soon as we have everything yeah. solidified and we will know the House and we will know the Senate. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you entertained here over the next uh, 25 years. So there you go, Travis. I don't you, want to. You don't have to. Okay. You don't have to. You just have to do it for 24 years. 24 years and then I'm going to have a cat. No. Then I'm going to get a cartoon no, cat please. here. It'll be please fun. Let It'll me be go. like that Paul Abdul video. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Thank you all so much for, for voting. And uh, we love you. We'll stick with you. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.